Good morning, everybody. Back in those days, everyone had to go to where they were born to be registered. So following their example, let's all find our way back to our seats. Our scripture reading for today is from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. If you are at our Christmas ball, these are familiar to you. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you great new, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, as it had been told them. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that even as we have been uh, preparing ourselves, that Christmas is here, that Jesus has arrived, and we thank you, Lord, that, that we have a chance to be today, in 2023, part of the narrative of what happened back then in 3 BC. And Lord, as we're carried back through time to that time, let us come to Jesus afresh today that we might experience the same indescribable wonder of being uh, brought before you in, uh, in that little stone box. So Lord, we ask that your uh, blessing would be upon us as we come together with the angels and the shepherds and the wise men and all of that, uh, all of those good stuff, and allow us to behold you in all of your uncreated glory. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing today, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I really love the Christmas season, the Christmas spirit that Deborah was talking about earlier, all of the atmosphere that surrounds Christmas, and the, that even when I am notoriously not really a fan of Santa Claus. And part of what I love about that is the fact that there is just like so much to see that like immerses you and drags you in to the Christmas story. I don't know about you guys. I, I mean, I'm kind of a lifelong New Yorker, cold weather person. One of the things I really like to do around Christmas time is go out, nowadays go out with my kids, and just explore around the neighborhood and see all the decorations. And as we see the decorations, we talk about them. Anybody else ever done that? I know my parents used to do that with me, so that's probably a big part of why I love it. The fact that we would go around and we would, there were little special songs that we would sing together as a family when we saw bright lights. 
We would talk about the various decorations and what they were and what they meant and things like that. Amazing. And I have to say that as an adult, one of the ones that one of the kinds of decorations that exists out there that really grabs me way more than it used to grab me when I was little are nativity scenes. Now, I'm obviously part of that is just being a parent because nativity scenes are a really convenient way to drag your kids back into the Christmas story. You ask, oh yeah, who's this in the scene? And you do talk about like where they fit in the story and things like that. But also, the, the, the older I get, the more I see things and they're, they're metaphors to me, they're examples to me, they're, they're symbols to me. And in seeing a nativity scene, what I see now is us. When I see a nativity scene, think about all the different things you'll find in a nativity scene. What are the things that you expect to see? If you, if you see a, a random nativity scene on somebody's lawn, what's in it? Mary and Joseph, okay. So you have the Holy Family, you have Mary and Joseph, and theoretically they're supposed to put in baby Jesus on Christmas Day, but most people are just way too lazy to do that, or they don't know that that used to be a rule. So they, would, so they put in baby Jesus. Now, I've never seen baby Jesus look like an actual newborn, but uh, we'll, we'll forgive them that little, little detail. But what this, but Mary and Joseph, if we were to say, well, what are Mary and Joseph in today's church? The answer would be, they're the saints that have come before us. They're the ones that were already part of the story. Mary and Joseph, they've already given birth to Jesus by the point that the shepherds and all those folks enter in. And they have already started to kind of ponder the mystery of what God is doing, but they, don't full, they didn't fully understand it yet. Every new person who comes into the church adds to the mystery of what God is doing in this world. Every time a new person says, yes, I want to believe, it's like Jesus becomes Savior all over again. And you see another person's world begin to change. And all of us can be like caught up in the wonder of it all over again. And you see this, actually, in this passage when Mary reflects on this. So it's like there are, there are this, the saints, the, the great uh, believers who have come before us. When we come to the nativity scene and we see Mary and Joseph, who else do you see in a nativity scene? Hmm? I hear, like, uh, the shepherds, okay. And the shepherds, who we're going to focus on quite a bit today, are the folks who were so to speak, brought up in church. Obviously, you know that, that, that Jesus is called Jesus the son of David, and David was a shepherd in Bethlehem, just like how these folks were shepherds in Bethlehem. They were the, the heirs of David. They were the, the representatives of Israel. They were the folks that had kind of grown up in church, and like people who grew up in church, some of them were holy, and some of them were, well, not so holy. And, but, they were be, but what happened is they were called to take part in the story of what Jesus was doing. And they were actually the ones who were called first to take part in the story of what Jesus is doing. But who else do you see at any nativity scene? The wise men. Okay. The wise men are my personal favorite because they have absolutely nothing to do with Israel. They probably came from, I would think, Babylon, which was like the center of where Satan had his throne. And they were called into the Christmas story, despite the fact that they might as well have been Hindu priests. They were, they were people who had no connection to the God of Israel, and he pulled them in through freaking astrology to come and see baby Jesus. 
So no matter how far away we are from the kingdom, no matter how far away we are from churchy people, even if we swear like a sailor, God is still calling us and he's saying, come, come, to, the, come to see baby Jesus. Oh, come let us adore him, right? This is, the, the wise men are some of my favorites. They don't even know like what gifts they should bring. They just bring like whatever they got, right? And it ends up being really, really important to the story. They also kind of come late. Those of you who know, the, who know the, the chronology of the narrative, you know they arrive like two years later. But it's considered part of the birth narrative so that we can put them kind of together and say there were Jews and there were Gentiles there. There were people who grew up in church. There were people who were very unchurchy there. Who else is by the nativity scene? Two more groups I think we're missing. Anybody? We mentioned the shepherds. Sheep! Okay! You have the animals, right? And it's like, it's like here in, the, in our midst, in the church, it's like we are the Garden of Eden. We have become the kings and queens of the animals again. And just like how, when, when Adam sinned and he was thrown out, he lost control over the earth, right? And now he was going to have to worry about wolves and coyotes and grizzly bears and, well, no, because he didn't live in North America, but you get the idea. So, and, and it's like at the... At the manger, when Jesus is born, it's like everything is restored to the way it's supposed to be. So, you, so he's just like surrounded by sheep and donkeys and camels and, you know, all these various things that show that the world is being brought back to the way it's supposed to be. So if you want to extend that to all the mochas and tacos and yakis of the world and so on, naming some blueprint pets, that's, that's great too. It shows that Eden is being restored, Amen. Uh, one last group, and that would be, since I didn't hear anyone say it, the angels. And the angels gathered around show that not only is the earth being restored, but we're being drawn into the worship of heaven. And, and we who have come here today, we ask, you know, man, how can I make it past all of the stress of Christmas, right? How many of you guys still have any Christmas shopping left to do? Like, oh, thanks, Pastor David, for pulling me out of the Christmas mood, right? It's, but, and some of us, yes, we have Christmas shopping. Some of us, we have struggles of various kinds. Uh, those who have family problems, family problems don't stop being problematic because there's Christmas. There, there are lots of different ways that, we could, that if we could allow ourselves to be, we'd be like, ugh, right? Exactly like what Deborah shared at the beginning. But part of the joy of Christmas is that Christmas literally pulls on us to ascend up and join the heavenly worship. It calls us up to join the choir and kind of like puts a robe on us and says, sing, guys. And, 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 it, pull, and it is the coming of light and joy and hope specifically to those who are dwelling in darkness. One of the, the classic iconic Christmas passages says, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. And, the, and this is sort of the, the, the joy of where this passage is going. It's that in the middle of them expecting, they were living a completely normal night, utterly ordinary. All of a sudden, heaven breaks in to their pretty pedestrian story. So if you look here in Luke, you have these angels, and they're uh, angels. You do have that. But, but first, you have these shepherds who are pastoring their flock out in the field. 
And they're, they're sitting there. They're kind of they're asleep. They're just with them. Sheep are not particularly interesting. One of the reasons why uh, King David was able to write so many songs when he was out with the sheep is because there's not a whole lot else to do. You know, before the days of, before the days of smartphones, um, and I remember those days. Back, at, back in those days before smartphones, if you were out somewhere, I mean, even now, if you were out with sheep in the field, you probably wouldn't have a signal, right? So what did they do? Not a whole lot. And all of the sudden, everything changes. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. Not even the glory of the angel shone around them. That would have been impressive enough, right? So, I mean, sometimes we think about this as if, like, we think about this as if an angel appeared to them, and it was one of these, like, six-winged, 6,000-eyed eldritch creatures. You know, there, there are jokes about this on the internet now. But, but really what has them freaked out is that, like, where they were, the glory of the Lord shone around them. It was like there was a nuclear blast and the nighttime lit up as bright as daytime. The glory of the Lord himself shows up because Jesus, the glory of God, has appeared into the world. And now they are freaking out. They're saying, what on earth is going on? What is happening? And, he, and the angel says to them, do not fear. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All the people, presumably all the people of Israel. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, he means Bethlehem, not Jerusalem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, this we are so familiar with these words that this is kind of like, oh yeah, I know those words. I've heard them before. I've heard them in Christmas music. Uh, I've seen them on Christmas cards. But for them, this was enormous news. Like, if you hear a rumor about a new product or something that's coming, if you have half a brain, you look for a reliable source, right? You say, well, is this really true? Come on, guys. You, you, know, you, know, you, you search the fact and you go fact check. And you want to see, did this really happen or did this not really happen? But here are these shepherds, and they have now seen an angel. And they've seen the glory of the Lord appear. This is like Old Testament stuff happening to these completely random people. And they, are, and, and they are saying, look, there's no way around this. Messiah is here. What we have been hoping for for all of these years is here. These were people who were living under oppression. They were living in a time of darkness. They had, within, the, within the recent memory, they had gone from being a people who had their own king and their own rules, and their own laws, and now they had a foreign oppressor who was king over them, Caesar Augustus. Uh, a famous Roman historian said about the Romans, everywhere they go, they make a desert, and they call it peace. And this is kind of how the Romans were perceived. It was, it was as if the, the devil, so to speak, had won. And these people who are living in darkness and oppression, all of a sudden they have this promise of Messiah, the one who's going to come and set us free. So now they're freaking out. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a 
manger. Now, being wrapped in swaddling cloths is not that big a deal. We still wrap people in swaddle. We still wrap little kids in swaddling cloths today, right? Uh, I never picked up the trick of it, but I was always amazed to see how people could just go you know, pew 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 and wrap a kid in swaddling cloths and put them on their shoulder. Uh, that's not a big a deal. Every kid in Bethlehem was was wrapped in swaddling cloths. The weird part is, he was lying in a manger. And if you knew that there was a great king, a great deliverer, a great general, a man who would be king and priest and prophet all at the same time, but especially back then, they looked for signs in the heavens. If a great king was, if you, even if you read like a, a, a traditional Chinese book, like Romance of the Three Kingdoms, you'll see this right away. Like when a great king is born, like a, a purple meteor will fly through the sky or like a comet will pass by and a phoenix will pass by the opposite direction. They, they really believed that when a king was born, there were signs in the heavens. And here is the sign that they're being given. They've seen these, these angels, everything lines up according to plan, and then the kid's in a manger. I have to say, I always kind of pictured the manger the way that like most nativity scenes show them, where it's like kind of like a wooden box. Recently, my feed, I, I don't know, I joined more biblical archaeology groups in this past year. But I know, right? And I've been seeing all these pictures of like these stone boxes on the floor. And they're literally just like a box that, that, that rises up from the stone of the floor of these houses. And it's pretty ugly. Like blackish gray or grayish black, and it's just stone. It doesn't look comfortable at all. I mean, it, it had hay in it, so it, had, it was better than that. But it was, it was not pretty to find a newborn baby lying in a manger. But this, they said, they said, come celebrate. We're, we're, it's, it's on. It's going. Let, let's come. And now here's the crazy thing. The next part of the story is another one of these things we kind of take for granted. As soon as the angel gives the announcement, something else happens. And that's right away, it goes viral. Because just like the people of Israel were waiting, when's Messiah going to come? All of heaven knew God is going to do something. He's not going to allow his people to keep being in, under slavery to sin forever. They knew God is going to do something to redeem us all. But here's the thing. The angels themselves didn't know what it was going to be. And just like the, the holy people that were living in that time, they were kind of like a, they, they were kind, it was kind of like there was an earthly subreddit and there was a heavenly subreddit, kind of theorizing and putting out fan theories about what God was going to do next. And they were like, hmm, based on what Daniel said, hmm, based on what Isaiah said, hmm. And, they, and, they, and you can see where some of these fan theories were going if you read the books that people were writing between the Old Testament and the New Testament. But the angels didn't really know any better than the humans did. The, uh, it says in several places in the New Testament that it was a mystery, not just to us, but to all of the heavenly hosts as well. But as soon as this angel stands up and it says, in the city of David is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and you're going to find him this way, all of heaven goes, what? It's here! And they all start like, panicking is probably the wrong word, but it's like spontaneous, crazy, angel flash mob worship. And, they, and then they all show up, and they get in on the party, and they, and they start singing. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is 
pleased. And the, the, the craziness of Christmas is the, the craziness of the promises that get made to us. If only we will respond to them. Um, I've, I've always really wrestled with this, uh, this last sentence that the angels say, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. That's kind of an awkward sentence, isn't it? But you know what? It's a little bit familiar, too, at the same time, isn't it? Does, does the father ever say that he's pleased with anyone? It's interesting because those exact words, in Greek, those exact words do come up somewhere else. Another place where the glory of God shines from heaven. And there's a voice that says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And it's like these, these angels are saying, peace on earth to everyone who, like Jesus, will be brought in to become sons and daughters of God. The, 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 the promise that comes to us at Christmas is that we can come as whoever. These were not shepherds who had been like... Now, I'm, I'm sure that if anyone wrote like a fanfic about this, and believe me, lots of Christians in the time after the New Testament wrote lots of fanfics about the story of the New Testament. But if I was to write a shepherd fanfic, the Gospel of the Shepherds, I would say these shepherds had been studying the, studying the Bible for many years, and they had been waiting and hoping earnestly <clears throat> that, that the Lord would reveal himself to the people. And I might give like three or four of them names and really touching human interest stories and talk about how they were waiting for Messiah and he finally came to them. But you know what? We don't have a sign that they were anything like that. These were just ordinary shepherds in their fields, not expecting to suddenly become Bible characters. The wise men were ordinary pagan astrologers who got, who got sucked into the story of what God was doing in this world. There are no prerequisites to be brought to the manger, to see Jesus, to be brought into his story. He calls us all wherever we are. Whether we're the person going, language, or we're, whether we're the one who's doing the swearing, he wants us both there. He says, come. But what he does is, once we make the decision to come, once we appear there before the manger, we have this promise that there will be peace with those who do the will of the Father, with those with whom he is pleased. And, and uh, we become like Jesus. We become close to God. We become his sons and his daughters. Um, Way back in the 4th century, a fellow by the name of Athanasius of Alexandria said, the Son of God became man, that men might become gods. And uh, about 1,200 years later, no, 1,100 years later, John Calvin echoed him by saying, the son, of, the son of God became the Son of Man, so that the sons of men might become sons of God. In other words, he takes us in our exceedingly human nonsense, in our human shenanigans, in our human garbage, full of politics and backbiting and complaining and grumbling and early morning waking up crankiness. And he brings us up into heaven where the angels become our, the angels become our, uh, our stand partners in the music of the kingdom. They're the ones who sing alongside us. 
They're the ones that, are, that have kind of joy, joined the party alongside us. The joy of Christmas is that we come like whatever, and we leave heavenly and glorious and blessed. So, but there is a response that we need to have. Those who saw this couldn't just do whatever with it. They actually had to participate. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, this is a big part of the story, okay, guys? When the angels went away from them, the angels said to one another, before we even see what they said, there will be times the Lord himself calls you. He appears to you. He draws you in. He says, come. But there will come a time where the angel will go away. There will come a time where the heavenly hosts disappear as suddenly as they appeared. If you hear the, vo the audible voice of God speak to you, hasn't happened to me yet, I hope maybe one day, there will be a million moments in your life after that where the audible voice of God is not speaking to you. And during that, those times, what faith looks like is to be faithful to what we have heard and received and seen. The angels, the, the shepherds now had an incredible decision to make. As soon as, they, as soon as they went to see he who is called King of the Jews, as soon as they went to see the Savior, the Messiah, who is Christ the Lord, Herod was not going to be happy. Caesar Augustus was not going to be happy. But you know what? They said, screw it all, man. We got to go. An angel appeared. There's no way we're doing nothing now. And they, and they said to each other, let us go and see this, um, this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went. Many people will go to church this Christmas. Many people will hear gospel messages. A zillion different pastors will talk about, come to Bethlehem and adore baby Jesus. Some people will come. Some people won't. Like the shepherds, we have to make this decision and say, come, let us see this thing which the Lord has done. And they chose to get together and go. And this made the difference. This made the difference between them seeing baby Jesus and being brought into the story or just becoming uh, footnotes at the bottom. And they went with haste. You got to love it when people not only respond to the word of God, but respond with haste, right? They say, we got to go like, no, we don't, not just go. We got to go right now. And may, I don't know whether or not they drove their sheep along with them. Uh, driving sheep is not an easy and fast process. Anyone who's tried to get somewhere with kids knows how difficult it is to get kids to go where you want. And think about the fact that, that sheep are basically just as stubborn as kids and not as smart. So they're, here they are, they're having to travel. Either they've left the sheep in the field and they've gone, in which case they're taking a risk. Or they brought the sheep with them, in which case it'll take forever. And they're going to see baby Jesus. Not an easy thing to do. It's already nighttime. Traveling at nighttime in the ancient world is a lot harder. There are no electric lights. Anybody ever been camping and you tried to actually like just go outside and do something at night? It's, it's rough, man. And here they are. They're traveling into town to find a particular house in the middle of the night. 
Thank you. It can wait. So they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. So do you see what they actually do when they get there? They testify. They say, here's what we've seen. Here is what has happened. And, and this is, when we come into the church, often we feel like the people who are there before us are cooler. Often we see what the Lord has done in their lives. Often we uh, get into this idea that like, wow, will I ever be like those people? And our eyes get like really big. But, but part of the joy of Christmas is that Mary and Joseph were just so excited to hear the story of what the, of what, uh, the angels had told the shepherds. They were, they were beginning to understand more and more what this mission was that the Lord was calling them to as they heard the testimony of the shepherds coming in. They began to understand the seriousness of what was happening. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Let's all make a habit of this. When the Lord speaks to us, when we see him, when we hear him, when we have one of those world-shaking church experiences where God shows up and our whole heart goes molten and we know that something is changing and we're like, yes, Lord, amen, I'll do what you say. Let's store up these things and treasure them in our hearts because the time will come when we'll need those things to get through. Well, we'll need those things to continue to be obedient. If you were, if you were a shepherd that day, you might, you might have gone 30 years without hearing another thing about this Messiah. You might have gone 30 years without another sign that there was hope coming. And there was a day somewhere in there where you were being shaken down by a Roman tax collector. And he was, and he was insisting that, no, you did have more money and you better give it to him. When you were like, ah, how much longer is this going to go? And you wouldn't know where your hope would come from unless you thought back in your heart to that day all those years ago to a baby that you saw in that manger. And you'd say, all right, but I can hold on in faith. Messiah is here. When the Lord speaks to us, let's treasure these things in our hearts because there are going to be so many days where the Lord doesn't, doesn't speak. And we'll be living on that. We'll be living on the memory of what he has shared with us before. We'll be living on the faith of, yes, he is working. I hope that at least some of those shepherds lived long enough to hear the full-blown ministry of Jesus, to see the 30-year-old version of that newborn child. And if you were, if you were 12 as a young shepherd and... Uh, and, 44, and 42, by the time you heard him speak, I hope that in all that time you said, yes, he's finally here, and reacted quite the same as the, uh, as the angels. For those of us who are kind of in the process of growing up in church, I mean you, all of you folks in, in high school and college, if you came up through our church, don't look down on yourselves for that. Don't be like, oh, wow, all you people... Out, who came in from outside have such amazing testimonies and God has changed you so much and my story is just so like boring and vanilla. Nah. Just to be able to hold on to God 
through all of the temptations and trials and struggles and problems of this world, to be able to keep going and hang on to what the Lord has spoken to you when so many people fall away, that's amazing in its own right. The Lord calls both, both the shepherds and the wise men, both those who are near, who come in from near, and those who come in from far away, and neither side should despise the other. The, ain't, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So when they returned, what were they doing? Did they say, oh, hey, that was cool. Who's watching the sheep next? No, they returned glorifying and praising God for all, he had, for all he had seen. They had seen. And so it is with us. As we remember what the Lord is doing, as we remember how he has sent Jesus to save us from out of our trouble, from out of our heartbreak, from out of our sickness, and th this is something that we, we, we need to look for him, need to look to him for. I don't know about you guys, this past week, my whole family went through a whole set of sicknesses. Anybody else uh, been there recently? We're in flu season, COVID season, RSV season. Um, and uh, what went through my household was gastroenteritis. What fun. For those of you who don't know what that means, it means uh, liquid coming out both ends. And first it was Miriam, and then it was Aliyah. And uh, sequentially, so 10 full days of my life being, being eaten up by watching, watching my kids. And with Aliyah, it was particularly difficult because she kept, she was like, she almost seemed like she was half dead. She wasn't really eating. And she asked me to read her the same book nine times in two days. Uh, yes, at some points. But in, in, and through this whole process, it's easy for us to get pulled out of the, the joy of our salvation, isn't it? You don't go, hallelujah, praise the Lord, when, you're, when you or someone close to you is going and throwing up into a bucket. So, but what it does remind us of is it reminds us that in the days that we live in, the world is dark. The news, the news that we read on the news is bad. The prices we see when we go out and buy things are bad. If you, if you dare to actually engage in politics, you feel like 10 times worse than you do if you don't. Let's not even talk about the New York sports teams. There is, there is a lot out there that can pull us down. And then when you add in dimensions of like spiritual attack, it's possible for just us to be just dragged down right through the floor, isn't it? But the joy of all of this is, in whatever state you arrive at the manger, at whatever state you arrive at the manger, this lowly sign of this exalted heavenly king, we go away praising God and rejoicing. When you see him, it's almost unavoidable that we go away praising and rejoicing. So if you came to church this morning and your, your, your family had a big fight and you came to church like sounding like Yosemite Sam from Looney Tunes going Rejoice. Jesus is here. We have found him and he's coming to bring hope into your family.
If you came here today and you're like, I'm, on the, I'm, I'm sick or someone I know is sick, I, I am really just not doing well, rejoice. The same Jesus who at 30 would go out and, and heal the sick and cleanse lepers and deliver people from demons, he's here. The joy of Christmas is that Jesus, the answer to every question, as any kid who's ever done Sunday school knows, Jesus, the answer to every question, has finally arrived on the scene. And for all of our dark and hopeless situations, hope is here. So let's be willing, guys, to gather around the manger. Let's be willing to be part of the show. Whether on on any given day, whether we feel like the shepherds or whether we feel like the wise men, maybe on a really good day you feel like the angels, maybe on a really bad one you feel like the donkey. Whatever state you find yourself, come and join the nativity scene. Come and be part of the story. Let us show up and adore him. Let's come, and, let's come and welcome him into our, into our own lives. Whether you've been a Christian for years and years and years and years, or whether this is your first Christmas as a, as a Christian, let's come to him with the same wonder, with the same joy, knowing once I couldn't help myself, and now I have been saved. Let's come and embrace him together. After all, this same Jesus, this same Jesus who was born in a manger, who had to, who was born with the humility of having to be among the animals from his very birth. Would act would, would descend even lower before he could be raised higher. The Jesus who was born as a little baby, who had to run for his life from, uh, from Herod before he was three years old, this same Jesus came to the point where he knew it was time to deliver the world. He knew it was time to make good on the promises. He knew it was time to, to destroy death and to set people free from the power of sin. And on that day, he took his disciples aside as part of the Passover meal. And he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to them. And he said, take this, all of you, and eat it. This is my body, which is given for you. Whenever you eat this, do this in remembrance of me. Much like, my, like Mary that day, we take our memory of what Jesus has done and we meditate on it and we keep it in our mind and we treasure these, uh, these memories to understand what they mean. Similarly, after supper, he took the cup, gave it to his disciples and said, take this, all of you, and drink it. I tell you, this is, my, this is, the, new, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood for the remission of sins. I tell you the truth, I will not drink this cup with you again until we drink it anew in my kingdom. So whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we remember the Lord's death until he comes. So as we, as we come 
as we approach the front of the room, let's do it intentionally with the same attitude of the shepherds. Saying not just, oh, hey, Jesus has shown up, Merry Christmas, but saying, come, let us see what the angels have been talking about. Come, let us behold Jesus, the Messiah, come into the world. And let's remember, as we eat this bread, as we drink this cup, that, that this is not merely church snack time, but this is our opportunity to, to perceive Jesus with the, eyes of our, with the eyes of our faith, with the eyes of our heart. And let's allow him to be real to us in the bread and in the cup. Let's choose to announce together the arrival of the Son of God into the world. Let's choose to remember Jesus being born. He who was infinite became finite for our sakes. Let's welcome him. Let's rise up. And as we, I meant that very literally. Let's stand up, guys. And as we sing, let's expect the host of heaven to become our backup vocals. Let's expect that the, that the joy that we enter into is the same joy that the angels and the saints will sing along with us. And let's celebrate as we welcome Jesus. Let's come. Whatever you do tonight, whether it's a lot or a little, whether you will get into the Christmas spirit or whether you'll stay home, do not a whole lot. Carry this in your heart. Carry with you the joy of Jesus, the man of heaven, entering the room. Remember and let the, the angel's song, let the rejoicing of, of wise men and shepherds and animals and the Holy Family, let all of these things become something that, that echo around in your heart through this whole night and into tomorrow. And tomorrow morning when we wake up on Christmas morning, whether you're doing something, something special or whether it seems to you not that different from your other days, let's allow it to become to us a holy day. Let's allow it to become to us a day of joy whether joy is native to our hearts or not. Because the Lord has come. He is here. And he's here to stay. And all the stuff that's broken in us now, ooh, it'll be fixed. It'll be healed. It'll be raised up and made glorious because of this glorious boy that's come to us on Christmas Day. So let's leave rejoicing glorifying God and praising him wherever we go. Merry Christmas, everyone. Amen.